Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 8th. It is six minutes after 11, and you're listening to Kennel and Casey on 93 WIBC. So we had the State of the Union address last night. Did you stay up really late, watch the whole thing? I did. Why? for this program. That's how I just wanted people to know how much you love them. Uh, so some of the speech writers were rating the speech, the content, the delivery, all of it. It was Biden's second State of the Union address. And the grades that he was given ranged from A oh. to nearly failing D. Oh. So his speech focused on economic plans. He was touting his infrastructure bill. Pete Buttigieg got the nod quite a few times. He also talked about job growth. He claimed that he wanted to restore unity, even though he was talking about extreme Republicans, but whatever, we'll unify on our own. He said that he wants to work with Congress in a bipartisan manner. Of course he does, because Kevin McCarthy gave him everything he wants. However, Republicans were taking issue on parts of his speech, mostly where he said that Republicans want to cut Medicare and Social Security programs. But, uh, okay, so... Which turned out not to be true. Okay, so let's, uh, real quick, Kevin, I know I'm going to hit you with this, the Kevin McCarthy audio that we played earlier. Can we just play about the first 10 seconds of that? Because I need to talk about how this goes into Biden's speech and how horrific Kevin McCarthy is is and how awful the Republicans are and how they've emboldened Joe Biden. Okay, let's go. Cuts to Medicare and Social Security, they are off the table. Defaulting on our debt is not an option. Okay, cool. Perfect. But- All right. So the speech mm-hmm. at multiple times, so that Kevin McCarthy gave this announcement before the speech. Right. Okay. So during the speech, multiple times, Joe Biden used this as a way to essentially take shots at the conservative wing of the Republican Party, in which he basically was saying, well, we're never going to let this happen, and I guess now it's not going to happen, trying to say as though, well, Kevin McCarthy wanted it to happen, Mm -hmm. but he bended to such pressure because it's so unpopular from the public that even Kevin McCarthy won't go along with you radical lunatic conservatives. When the reality is... Kevin McCarthy not only gave Joe Biden just free shots Mm -hmm. at the Republican Party, which is stupid, but from a negotiating standpoint, he has now taken the card that he had on the, both cards he had on the table, which was the, 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 the debt, right? Mm -hmm. The, the, the Nash, the Biden said we will not fault on, on default on the national debt. You took that off the table and you needed to use that card if you are an honest intellectual broker with the American people. You needed to use that card to get meaningful entitlement reform because that year in and year out is a is a crippling, it is just a devastating amount of money that we are spending in this country that there is no way to sustain it because there are every day more people using the service, using the program than those who are contributing. So if you're an honest intellectual broker with the American people, you need to come out as Kevin McCarthy and say, we were elected to solve inflation. We were elected to solve record out of control runaway government spending. And we will use every tool in our toolbox up to and including we will allow this nation to default on its debt if we have to, to show Joe Biden we are serious. It's all been taken off the table now. Kevin McCarthy has said we will not do anything meaningful on entitlement reform, which means we will not do anything meaningful on spending. And we're not going to do anything at all, really, because we've told Biden we're not going to let the nation default on the debt. I did feel 
I don't want to say the words not sorry for Kevin McCarthy, but I thought he did a good job at not showing his emotion. Unlike Kamala, who was up and down constantly for every applause. But McCarthy sat there and he was kind of expressionless for most of the speech, except for the few times when he was shushing members of Congress when they were shouting out. At one point, uh, somebody said, Biden was talking about fentanyl and somebody yelled out, it's coming from China, it's your fault. And McCarthy shushed him. And Marjorie Taylor Greene shouted out liar at one point and she got the daggers the evil eye from McCarthy it was almost like a very parental position like you know sit up straight yeah you know pay attention don't be disruptive in class is what it felt like from him we should not be surprised about what we heard from Joe Biden no one should be surprised at anything Joe Biden said last night you can be disappointed in it you can be upset by it you can recognize, rightfully so, that his plans for the country, as they've been throughout his entire presidency, are, be, are and will be disastrous. But where your attention should be, because if you're not surprised by something, right? Mm-hmm. It, Joe Biden has not told me he was going to be better than. This is why I am the way I am with the Republicans, because the Democrats don't lie to me. I know. Well, <laughs> wait, about, no, wait a well, minute. No, wait, 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 Casey. <laughs> I'm going to call you on that one. Wait, Casey. What I'm saying is, I know what they are. Okay. I know what Bernie Sanders is. Bernie Sanders is a far more intellectually honest broker than uh, Kevin McCarthy is. So in a weird way, I have more respect for Bernie Sanders because I know what Bernie Sanders wants to do. Now, is Joe Biden lying to me about the condition of the country? Yes. Yeah. But he's not lying to me about what he wants to do and what he will continue to do if he is elected. Kevin McCarthy, and it didn't even take him a month, lied to me. I knew he was going to lie to me, which mm-hmm. is why I was so adamant right. that people like Jim Banks not vote for him 15 consecutive times because I know what he is. But the Republicans keep lying to me and telling me this time it'll be different. This time we're going to get the spending under control. There's no way because we all know the Republicans will not touch the military. We all know there's no way they're going to get spending under control because the three things that will solve it, Medicare, Social Security and the U.S. military mm-hmm. collectively are the three biggest things you could take bites out of that would actually start solving federal spending. They're not going to touch. They've lied to me again. Yeah, it's And off. Joe Biden is using it to his advantage. It's off the table. Well, let, well, let's talk about some of the foreign policy, okay? So hanging over Biden's speech was obviously the Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> and he, he didn't talk about it. And actually, I was kind of surprised about how little he did talk about China. But... His grade for the speech, some people said he was going through the motions. Others said he was sleepy. Clearly, he was mumbling. Uh, Somebody said he was the only adult in the room. Others were calling him a liar. Of course, he kept touting how great the economy was. He said, as I stand here tonight, we've created a record 12 million new jobs. More jobs created in two years than any president has ever created in four years. Well, yeah, that's because they were all lost during COVID. Let me go back to Kevin. I want to bring you in here on this because uh, you are the person who's going to be most affected by what the Republicans are doing right now. Are you angry that you know, I mean, simple math tells us the, the fund is running out of money because there are more people 
using the service than people paying, right? That's like simple, basic math, that this thing will run out eventually. You are young enough that at best, it, in 35-ish years, you would, you would until you would be able to get this service. So you know it in its current form is not going to exist. Mm-hmm. Are you mad that people are, are lying to you about the program that you, because you are being forced to pay into it, right? Mm-hmm. Every check yeah. you get, you pay into this. Would you rather have someone come to you and say, look, dude, this sucks for you. You're going to get screwed on this because you paid a lot into this, but we've got to do make some changes to this so that you can have it in some capacity or you can do with your money as you please. Or do you want to continue to be lied to and hugged and said, it's going to be fine. What uh, do you want? What do young people want? Do they want to be lied to or do they want people to actually do their damn job and be honest with them? I would choose uh, honesty. Hmm. Like right now, if someone told you, Kevin, you have put however many thousands of dollars throughout your working career into this fund, you will not get that, but you now have the option to opt out of it and you can do with your money as you see going forward. Would you take that deal right now? Yeah. Perfect. I'd take How that hard deal. was that, Casey? I'd, I'd take that deal right <laughs> and now. And you're much closer than he is. <laughs> yes. I'd take that deal right now. Yeah. Everyone in this room would mm-hmm. because an intellectually honest conversation amongst adults, we should be able to say there are highly there's there are immense flaws in social security and medic and, and medicare and they're not going to be here because math tells us they won't be around we're not talking about taking it from grandma and grandpa we're not talking about taking it from the people that are there now mm-hmm. but if you are not on the thing now mm-hmm. let's have a, an adult conversation about what's going on and allow you to make the best choice but you you even try to do that and you get you just get slaughtered and the Republicans once again are not strong enough human beings to say we're going to do what's right for the American people. So both Pelosi's were acknowledged last night during the speech. Biden called Nancy probably the greatest speaker of the House ever. (laughs) And then Paul Pelosi was acknowledged in part of the extremist attack. And Pelosi afterwards, Nancy Pelosi, said that Biden is a president of great judgment. He made it clear, we have much more to get done. We didn't finish our job, but we really went down the path in a way that demonstrated that he's a president with great judgment. Sometimes that judgment comes with age. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's got a lot of age there, 80 years old. It is 60 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Symbolic dirt is always my favorite. <laughs> it is 19 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Should we look at some trending stories? You want to talk about Tulsi Gabbard first? What, uh, we do trending stories. Okay. Uh, Madonna trending this morning. She's fired back at comments over her Grammy appearance. She's blaming the long lens sure. camera yeah. for distorting and changing her face. She said, once again, I'm caught in the glare of ageism and misogyny. Well, I can understand this because, of course, we're on the YouTube chat now or the YouTube uh, channel there. You can just type Kendall and Casey in and see us. And I, I understand how a long lens can really distort your appearance mm-hmm. because I actually look much like Brad Pitt. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I'm, uh, I'm just not, uh, don't look like that on the YouTube chat. Be nice. You're talking about the man I love. Uh, <laughs> she did have uh, what what appears to have been a lot of plastic surgery or fillers. Appears? <laughs> put in place. Allegedly 64 years old. And... Uh, uh, many people saying it was kind of a Kermit the Frog moment. 
Also trending this morning, a beach grove man was busted with 15 pounds of pot and edibles that were legally bought in Michigan. Oh. However, they were transported across state lines and into Indiana. So it's just too bad, one, this guy couldn't have waited until Friday night, so I could have seen it on On Patrol Live. Mm. Maybe they, I think they filmed throughout the week, so maybe they got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, very shocking, uh, someone from Beach Grove would be, beha- would be, uh, uh involved in this sort of behavior. Mm-hmm. And then you and I and Kev got into a, a conversation. I'm not going to out anybody on who's done what in their spare time, but one of us in this room has never smoked marijuana, and they can raise their hand on the YouTube chat. Uh, <laughs> I never inhaled. <laughs> but we were talking about how stupid you have to be. If you have an illegal substance on your person, mm-hmm. And you are a motorist on the roadways. How stupid you have to be to do anything that would possibly draw attention to yourself because you know they're going to catch that mm-hmm. as soon as they pull you over. So, like, you know, it's usually speeding or there's a taillight out or, well, you know. Well, or in the case of cannabis, maybe going below the speed limit. You're going too slow. <laughs> well, typically, if you've got 15 pounds of something, Casey, mm-hmm. that you're usually not a consumer of that so much that's as you a are a distribution. distributor. I mean, that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look, and we all are adults here, so I think we all live in the world of that because basically every state around us has in some form of legalized Mm -hmm. marijuana possession, now it varies from state to state, that there are uh, many, many people who do travel to other states to purchase said product, which is why it is so stupid (laughs) that we don't have it here. Because think about this. So this guy goes to Michigan Mm -hmm. and he purchases 15 pounds Mm -hmm. legally, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's it's some black market. He walks right in a store and bought it. Right. But because you cross over some line that was put in place hundreds of years ago based on this is Michigan and this is Indiana. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're a, a known felon and you must be dealt with swiftly and severely. But you purchased it legally just, you know, a mile away. Yeah. The interesting thing about Michigan versus Illinois is that if you go to Illinois to purchase a product and you have to show your ID, you have to show your state ID, Illinois will charge an extra tax for being out of state, whereas Michigan doesn't do that. So this guy knew what he was doing, right? The marijuana law of prohibition in this state, which is led by the governor, is... and we've talked about this many times, is a level of ridiculous that the remaining 37 minutes we have left on this radio show, I cannot cannot even begin. Like, I could be here. I could be here till the end of Tony Katz's show, and we would still be talking about how utterly pathetic it is that our governor allows people with serious medical conditions to not be able to get the relief that would in many cases really help them and most importantly keep them off very dangerous opioids that they a, the governor and the, the state legislature said this first of all the legislature is pathetic because they allow Holcomb they, they allow Holcomb to be the tough guy on this because they could override a veto and they do it all the time but their excuse is well you know it's Holcomb so we'll operate from that standpoint that Holcomb 
single-handedly is forcing people to suffer. It is so gross. He says that, you know, they're still doing research oh, yeah. on it. Is, but, the, is that amazing, Casey, that when it comes to, like, spending $60 million on trails or the two, textbook ferry giving away free textbooks to everyone, they, we don't need to do any more research on uh, on that one. It's, you know, $150 million of new money for socialized medicine. We don't need to do any research on that. But when it comes to helping you with your property taxes or uh, maybe allowing veterans or people with PTSD or uh, cancer or ALS or whatever to have uh, medical relief, relief under a doctor's supervision. Well, we're going to need we're going we're to need more we time. We need for research. Going to need more research. You got to you got to beware the uh, reefer madness. <laughs> Yeah, because you know Kev would be a real uh, a real detriment to society. You know, sweet Kevin, he's a uh, he's really <laughs> out of control when he's on the on the lettuce. It's the devil's lettuce. <laughs> sweet Kevin, I think that's a strain that's available. Actually, I've, I've had it. No, no, I'm not saying I had it. <laughs> Finally, trending Duran Duran. They have announced a 2023 North American tour. It's going to be an arena tour, and it's called Future Past. It's 25 minutes after 11. Let's get to the Tulsi Gabbard clip really quick if we can. Yeah, this is unbelievable. So it is there are, reports are now out and this should also things that should enrage everyone that says according to Israel, the Biden administration deliberately prevented peace negotiations between Russia and the Ukraine mm -hmm. and Tulsi Gabbard it, it, sums this up and expresses feelings better than I ever could on this. So if it's all right with you, I will just allow her to articulate my feelings. Go ahead. Well, because the former prime minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett, just said the West, meaning the Biden administration, blocked a truce in order to, quote, keep striking Putin. This seems like a huge story from a reliable source. Tulsi Gabbard is a former presidential candidate. We thought we'd check in with on this story. Tulsi Gabbard, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, so. I have no idea why the former prime minister of Israel admitted this in public. I'm so grateful that he did. How yes. can Biden, how can the New York Times, the Washington Post, how can all the cheerleaders for this refuse to acknowledge this fact? This is huge. We could have prevented this. Our leaders, those in power, could have prevented this, and they didn't. And the fact that it's not being widely reported is incredibly revealing, and it just shows they never really cared about the Ukrainian people. They never really right. cared about the American people or democracy or freedom, all these other things that we hear them giving so much lip service to. It reveals what they've really wanted all along, which is to overthrow the Putin regime. And they saw this war as an opportunity that would help them achieve that goal. And, and it's disgusting to, to know that that this is true. The, the thing is, Tucker, you and I both know with regime change wars, no one can predict how they'll end up or what happens next or who's going to take over. But we do know with Russia, because they've already, you know, the writing is on the wall. We do know that in Russia, it's not going to be some, you know, pro-Western or, or pro-democracy, uh, you know, power that goes and takes over. It's going to be someone that is far more hawkish and far more dangerous, creating a greater threat for the United States. Uh, the only way that this war ends is through a negotiated outcome. So unless something radical changes, something major changes, unfortunately, what we, the American people, will see, what the Ukrainian people will see, people in the world, is that this will continue to escalate, pushing us closer to a direct conflict between the United States, NATO, and Russia. And we've talked about where that could potentially lead. More dangerous weapons, more countries involved, and increasing that risk of a potential nuclear war. 
So there, and look again. This is somebody putting their name behind it. It's mm-hmm. not an anonymous source. Mm-hmm. It's a very reliable source, and I believe every part of that because this country, no matter who's in office, Bush, Obama, other than some guy named Trump who actually didn't get us involved in any new military conflicts, uh, go back to. Clinton, go back to the old man Bush. We have a military industrial complex in which we live to get in foreign conflicts Mm -hmm. because that makes gajillions of dollars for people who give gajillions of dollars back to these politicians. Mm -hmm. That's what this has always been about. It's never been about peace. It's never been about a better society. It is about amping up the military industrial complex and it has worked once again, just like with Iraq and Afghanistan and fill in your favorite ill-begotten foreign policy conflict we've been in since we're World War II, it has worked to perfection. Yeah, the Biden administration did not want it prevented, and Biden can't work with Putin or doesn't want to. It's 1129. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Oh man, look at my life. Hey, there you go. So much more. I mean, it's not Long May You Run, but it's fine. It's still, it's still good. I mean, it's still it's a classic. It's 1134. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So there's this bill allowing highway work zone speed cameras in Indiana, and it's moving forward to the House. It was recently voted, and uh, it could be up. It's been up for discussion for a while, but it could actually pass. So the bill sponsor his name is Jim Pressel. He said the measure would allow for speed cameras in four work zones in the state. Uh Sure, right. That's how it always starts. Remember when they had the uh, pre-K pilot program? Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to study this for five years and then we'll figure out if it worked or not and then we'll make the decision. And then within like two years, it was like the actual law of the state of Indiana. Yeah, that's that's never how it works. So why don't we see, it comes back to the uh, lack of intellectual honesty from our lawmakers, right? Whether it's the national people or whether it's the local people, y- you're desperate for revenue. Mm-hmm. You want a money grab. So we're going to just put speed cameras in all, con- it's construction zones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, just say that to people. Say we are desperate for money and <laughs> we because we spend money like it's going out of style. We're adding five and a half billion to the budget. We're never going to stop spending money. It's always going to go up. And so we need more revenue. And so we're going to put speed cameras in every construction zone. Okay, cool. Now we've had... At, whether we agree with it or not, we've had an honest conversation with each other. No, you're going to lie to us and say, well, we're just going to do this in four places. And uh, Casey, I guarantee you, if this it'll becomes grow. a law, within two years, it'll be in 50 locations. It'll be everywhere. So the cameras are going to allow for speeding tickets to be issued to drivers if they're captured on camera going at least 11 miles per hour over the speed limit when workers are present. So there's some stipulations here, right? So these cameras, what, have to know when people are clocking in and out of uh-huh. work? And then 11 miles per hour over the speed limit. So the first offense is going to be a warning. Uh-huh. And then the second time, it's a $75 ticket. Uh-huh. And then after that, it's $150. How, how long do you think the warning... Right. Yeah. It's going to last. And then it'll drop to five, and then it'll drop to one, and then it'll drop to zero. How much... Do, Jim Pressel, is mm-hmm. that this uh, underachiever's name yes. that's sponsoring the bill? I'd love to know how much time Jim Pressel spent on this bill, and then I'd love to ask Jim Pressel how much time he spent on figuring out how to solve the rising property tax assessment and property tax bill crisis. Because they never put the time in on stuff that benefit 
us, the people, all people. It's always a select group, this group, that group. Giving Now it's giving illegal immigrants driver's licenses. They never put the time and the effort into the stuff that limits the revenue to the government and helps the people. They always put the stuff in that adds money to the treasury, doesn't it? His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. It's 93 WIBC, and the U.S. Navy released the first close-up photos of that operation to recover parts of the Chinese spy balloon. So the photos show debris recovery efforts. This happened on the coast of Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. And it's, it's kind of interesting that now we're getting all of these sorts of photos, right, and information. Americans know about it, so we can't unclose that box. So we might as well share with you photos of what's going on. So how much you want to bet that they're going to say that we gained valuable information and that China didn't find anything. And they'll not tell you what information that we Mm -hmm. garnered from this because, well, that would be a national security issue and we couldn't uh, tell you about that. Of course, letting the balloon fly completely across the country uh, doing who knows what, that wasn't much of a national security issue, but telling you what we found from the balloon we shot down, uh, that would be a huge national security issue. Okay, so the divers were working on this and they're picking up the payload, right? And it's about... It's estimated to be the size of three buses. Are these school buses? Are they green school buses? Does Kamala Harris (laughs) know about this? I see what you did there. It it likely sunk to about 45 feet in the water. But here's where it gets interesting. They're saying that the balloon that was carrying the sensor and the photography equipment is not intact. Oh, well, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. All right. So uh, (laughs) we can all agree on the following things, right, Casey? So there was indeed a balloon. Mm -hmm. It was from China. Mm -hmm. Biden's administration has stated they don't believe under any circumstance that it just accidentally got off course. That we agree mm-hmm. with that, okay, mm-hmm. uh, and we agree that this balloon then was allowed to fly across the entire country. Mm-hmm. We all agree on those facts. They are not in dispute. You can't say Rob is a Biden-hating, right-wing, radical Republican, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, this is very odd. Because Kate Bedingfield, who is Biden's communications director, mm-hmm. came out and on the CNN described that Biden handled the uh, Chinese spy balloon effectively and with strength. The speech uh, and, and the larger pieces about uh, his foreign policy uh, have not been reworked because of this balloon. Now, what I will say about the balloon is that the president handled it effectively and with strength. So they allowed a Chinese spy balloon that they mm-hmm. admit was mm-hmm. a Chinese spy balloon to go across the entire country and did absolutely nothing. And they call that effectively and with strength. Yeah. And they're also saying Wild. that <laughs> that they got valuable information on how they operate. What, the balloon or the camera? Because the camera's not intact. It's on the bottom of the ocean floor, so we don't know how balloons work in our country. Uh, pieces of it are being brought to the FBI lab in Quantico for analysis. It's 20 minutes in front of 12. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about what's going on with Amazon and Jeff Bezos and what he did. You found the story, and I thought it was pretty interesting. <laughs> Jeff Bezos switched the name of Amazon. It wasn't originally going to be called Amazon. Right. He liked he liked the the name Amazon because he said it sounded exotic and it also appears at the top of any alphabetized right. list. Right. But that wasn't the original name for Amazon. It no. was originally going to be called 
Cadabra. <laughs> As in Abra, Abra, Cadabra. Isn't this interesting because you wonder, obviously, look, Amazon started as a, you know, the guy selling books basically out of his garage and he turned it into arguably the most powerful company in the entire world. Mm -hmm. And that's a truly an amazing story. Um, and it's the sort of thing that can only happen in this country. Um, but, but it is interesting, right? And we talk about this with movies where what if so-and-so hadn't played this role? Like, you know, there's nobody else you can picture being Forrest Gump. Other but Tom, than Tom but, Hanks. but 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 sure. Tom Hanks, right? There's nobody else you can picture being the Godfather other than Marlon Brando. There's nobody you can picture being George Patton other than uh, uh, George C. Scott, right? And so you wonder on those how different it would be. How different would Amazon's success have been, or would it have been any, any different if indeed if it was uh, Cadabra? <laughs> right. Well, the reason it switched was because Jeff Bezos' lawyer mistakenly heard the name Cadabra and thought it was Cadaver, meaning dead body. <laughs> who, wants, who wants the company of their name uh -huh. mistaken for a dead body? So Jeff Bezos didn't. So he switched the name to Amazon. And I think it just sums, it, sums up a lot here yeah. that uh, you've got a lot riding on a name and branding. See, they're McDonald's. I'm McDowell's. Huh? <laughs> they got the golden arches. Mine is the golden arcs. <laughs> You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's 11.48. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. The Michael Jackson estate is in the process of selling half of their interests into the uh, singer's music catalog. It's a deal that could be worth between 800 and 900 million dollars. Yeah, so my question to you and this is because we are Crazy. for some reason there's just been a slew of mm -hmm. these that have taken place and I don't know if this is because these artists in the case of the ones who are still living are getting older and they say I want to be involved in the sale of this because it's my music I want to know where it goes I want to have a say over it rather than and, and take care of it while I'm living so my children don't have to do it we saw D Dylan did it Genesis has done it Bruce Springsteen has done it part of Taylor Swift's mm -hmm. uh, early stuff has been sold yep uh, this would by far be the most ever paid I think Springsteen has the previous record at 600 million but this would I mean just dwarf that yeah yeah, I was looking to see because Bob Dylan's was between 150 and 200, and you're right, Springsteen's was 600. So if Michael Jack and they're not even talking about selling the entire catalog, that's no, like 50 percent of yeah, it. Yeah, 50 percent. Here's my How question: do you sell half a catalog. Well, this would be my question to you because you obviously have worked in the business side of radio uh, longer than I have. Um, the how do you monetize a $900 million investment? Like, is there that much money mm -hmm. in using music for commercials or movies? Or like, where is the monetization at in a deal like this that can't be that much in films and whatever? I mean, is it is it to the Spotify's and the terrestrial radio. I mean, where, radio how do you make that, your money back That have this? to pay BMI and ASCAP fees? Yeah, I, I don't know. And does Michael Jackson music 
still get played that much that it's worth between 800 and 900 million dollars what a great question so that's even better right because okay you think about what michael jackson songs do you hear on the radio regularly obviously beat it mm-hmm. billy jean yeah uh, want to be starting something yeah uh, the, smooth don't, criminal don't stop till you get enough well isn't the alien was it adam ant or alien ant or alien ant, ant farm alien ant farm the, the did, that is did the, the remake that is the superior version of smooth uh a smooth criminal. Um, but you're only going to hear those on like a, a flashback uh, 80s weekend yeah. or, I mean, are those, those aren't really in regular rotation on a contemporary hit radio station. The, the, so this is what I'm, tra- I'm trying to figure out is, look, I know Michael Jackson obviously was a colossal commercial juggernaut mm-hmm. while he was li- living and certainly, I mean, he didn't do much in the latter part of his life, but you know, late, you know, mid eighties or I guess he, I'm sorry, early eighties through the early nineties. I mean, he was by far the biggest star in the world. I mean, black or white heal the world, you know, all, all of those things were just, you know, colossally huge, uh, bad, you know, but you just, I don't, I don't, I, and I'm asking for pure ignorance and maybe the answer is super obvious. How do you recoup a $900 million investment when you're splitting mm-hmm. that with someone else, I don't, I don't under, I don't understand that. Okay, and even farther along, there's this primary wave music which already owns a stake. Yeah, in his publishing catalog. Well, and it's it's like when Michael Jackson bought the Beatles. Remember when that was a huge thing when mm-hmm. he bought the Beatles song catalog. Mm-hmm. This was in the early '90s, I think, and he played a you know, what at the time was a colossal amount of money. There was certain, probably a certain thing for Michael Jackson, a pride thing to say, I am rich enough to own the Beatles music. Yeah. But Michael Jackson- prestige. Sony is not in it for pride. Sony's in it for money. Okay, now part of this deal with Sony does include MJ the musical, which is a Broadway show. So they'll get all the receipts, or at least 50% of the receipts from that. And it also includes the upcoming biopic, Michael. So is Sony going to get 50% of all of the movie tickets sold and all of the merch that went, goes along with it as well? Because then maybe you could make up the $900 million depending on if but, enough people go but, see that movie. But we're seeing ridiculous prices paid. Like, again, Springsteen, $600 million. There is no Bruce Springsteen movie. Right. Like you bought the catalog. Right. There's no Bob Dylan movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, so Genesis the Michael- was 300 mil. I mean, it's just, it, it, there's some reason, again, that this is being done. And in all these articles where I see this, there's not some obvious answer of here's how we intend. And if I'm, because Sony, as far as I know, is a publicly traded company, mm-hmm. I would be asking that question if I owned stock in Sony, which is nobody's buying CDs anymore. Right. So what? So where? Spotify yeah. and really? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. The I don't know. fees that radio stations Kevin, get? Kevin, you look into that today. That is your job <laughs> because you are a musician and you may need to know this for Uno Gold. One day when when Sony offers to buy all the entire Uno Gold library. Yeah, the, you'll the need catalog. to know this. So why don't you look into how they're monetizing this? That's your job to figure out. We want at least one thing, how they're going to monetize this and make their money back. On it. All right, okay. perfect. 
It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Keanu Reeves, he surprised a staff at a pub and the people went crazy. Where did this happen? This happened over in Europe somewhere, I'm gathering, because they're calling it a pub. And people were shaking his hand, taking his picture, offering him free food and drinks, thanking him, posing with him. So he just randomly walked in. He randomly walked in and the staff went crazy. You ever met anybody famous randomly? I know you've interviewed lots of famous people through your radio career, but just mm-hmm. you, I was in a, I was in a Coles, and you know, so and so walked in. Like, have you ever bumped into famous people randomly? I yes, one. It's not. It's not too obscure though. Uh, Steven Spielberg, who was at the Warner Brothers commissary, but it was at the Warner Brothers commissary, yeah. which is a cafeteria. So sure. it's not a surprise that Did Steven- you talked to him. No, I didn't. He was wearing a baseball cap, and he sat a couple seats away from me. But you knew it was him. I knew. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you, you didn't, tell know, it was you didn't get up and say, oh, No, I didn't go super fan. What a missed fan. opportunity. Um, I met Roger Clemens, the baseball oh, player, yeah. at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. He was just moseying around? Yeah, so that was kind did of Did you know random. who he was? Or was your dude with you and said, that's the, Roger? The, the dude. Oh, you didn't know out. who he was? And you know what I did? I, I, I fanned, and I, I, can I have your autograph? <laughs> My my man says you play baseball. Is that Who true? Who are you? Can I have your autograph? <laughs> and your and your dude is smart enough because he collects stuff mm-hmm. that he was like, she is much more apt to get the ball sign than, <laughs> than I am. Me. So good move, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met Bon Jovi at Notre Dame, but he was there for his kid. Yeah, right. Uh, David Robinson, yeah. same thing. Met him at Notre Dame, and he was there for his kid. Have you ever bumped into anybody famous randomly? Uh, I met the Strokes producer. Uh, not really, I said famous. I don't. I haven't bumped producer. into like a celebrity. Producer. Yeah, but that was a big deal for me because you oh. know. Uh, oh, good enough. I'm Fair into enough, that. Man. What yeah. about you? I met you. <laughs> good enough. Perfect way to end the show. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Kevin. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.